When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 102 of season three of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast and our final show of the season. You know, it's hard for me to believe how fast this year and the season have flown by. So to celebrate our season finale, we bring you the December 26, 1950 broadcast of Fibber, McGee, and Molly, and the January 21, 1945 broadcast of the Old Gold Comedy Theater, The Show-Off, starring Fred Allen and directed by Harold Lloyd. I want to thank each and every one of you regular listeners to the podcast, whether you've been with us since we started three years ago, or you've just started tuning in recently. We'll be taking a week off next week, but Season 4 will kick off on Monday, January 9th, and I hope to see you all there. From me to you, have a very happy New Year's. Evaporated Milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly, transcribed with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Legrand, Cliff Arquette, Bud Steffen, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the King's Band and Billy Mills Orchestra. You like cream in your coffee? Well, then try your next cup with Pet Milk in place of cream. Not ordinary milk, mind you, but pet. Evaporated milk. Good, sweet country milk that's been concentrated to double richness. When you see what a wonderful creamy color pet milk gives to coffee, when you taste that smooth, satisfying flavor, you'll agree that pet milk makes good coffee better. That pet milk really belongs in your cream pitcher. And with pet milk costing less than half as much as cream, it's easy to understand why coffee lovers the country over use pet milk for a better cup of coffee at lower cost. Your grocer has pet milk. Put pet on your shopping list now. Get several cans tomorrow. It snowed last night in Westville Vista, a beautiful thick carpet of white. And the town looks like a Christmas card. Standing on the front walk at number 79, Mrs. McGee thinks she has never seen such a lovely sight. And Mr. McGee, just listen to what he thinks of the beautiful snow. Mr. McGee's remarks have been deleted in the public interest. This is NBC. (laughs) Where we join Fibber McGee and Molly. All it causes is trouble. Wet feet, traffic jams, hard work. 
Snow. Why do we have to have it? What's it good for? How much did you pay for that snow shovel? Three bucks. If we never have any snow, it would be stupid to buy a snow shovel, wouldn't it? Well, yes, but... So that's what snow is good for. It proves you are not so stupid. (laughs) Hey, it does it, that does Why, sure it does. Ain't that a wonderful thought? Thousands of tons of snow all over the country just to prove that I ain't stupid. (laughs) Kind of makes you stop and think, don't it? I sometimes... What's the matter? I'm just listening for the phone. That guy ever call again? Who? I don't know. Well, then what guy are you talking about? The guy that phoned this morning while you were taking out the ashes and I was in the shower and by the time I got up from slipping on the soap and got downstairs, it stopped ringing. (laughs) You know, the guy that the next time he called, I was in the basement getting the snow shovel out from under three tons of coal that they dumped it down the chute while I was playing in the Elks Pool Tournament last week and they didn't know the snow shovel was there. (laughs) That guy. Oh, him. Yeah. No, I haven't gotten a call all morning. Who was it? Oh, I don't know, but it must be urgent. Hey. Hey, you think maybe it was the pot of gold? I doubt it. They've been off the air for several years. (laughs) Well, our phone's been busy a lot. Hey, that's it. I bet it's one of them quiz shows. Oh, McGee, I don't think so. Look, let's be logical. Are you expecting a call from a quiz show? No, I'm not. Well, neither am I. And one of them guys always call. When you're not expecting it, that's when... Boy, oh boy, keep listening, Molly, keep listening. All right, all right, you shovel, I'll listen. Okay. Ah, This is hard work. How can anything that looks so light weigh so much? The paper commented on that this morning, dear. You did? Yes. The paper said this was the heaviest snow we've had for a long time. Uh, (laughs) No, I believe it, Tootsie, because hi, Oli. Well, that isn't a very good reason. Oh, it is Oli. Hello, Oli. Hello, Mrs. Hello, McGee. You took a little exercise? Yeah. Yeah, cleaning off the sidewalk, Oli. You got the sidewalks clean in front of your house? It don't snow on the sidewalks at my house, McGee. I got the influence. I got a cousin by the Vetter Bureau. Heavenly days. Everything is politics. How can a cousin with the Weather Bureau fix it so it doesn't snow on your sidewalk? Very simple, Mrs. Then the Vetter says snow, he comes over and helps me cover the sidewalk with the tarpaulin. Then it snows, it snows on the tarp, you see. Oh, no. That's a pretty ungenious idea, Ollie. Cover the pavement with a tarp, eh? Sure. Mm. You know, all the neighbors get a big laugh yesterday when they watch us cover up the box. Yeah. But guess who laughs today when we pick up the tarp and dump all the snow on the street with a clean sidewalk? <laughs> you had the last laugh, did you? No, the street department did. They make me shovel it off the street and down the sewer. That tarpaulin idea is pretty good. I'll have to try that. Then it's no good when it's windy, though. No? You spread it down and you think you got it all fixed and then big wind comes up and you know what happens? What? You blow your tarp. <laughs> Family all well and happy, Ole. Have a nice Christmas. Oh, sure, McGee. Everybody gets exactly what he wants. Except me. Huh? I always get something useful. <laughs> I get electric razor. Well, say, now that is a useful gift, isn't it? It sure is, Mrs. All Christmas Day, I crawl around on hands and knees looking for ragged pieces and electric wires, and then I trim them off with a razor. I shave all the electrics in the house. <laughs> An electric razor is to shave your face with, Oli. Huh? It is? Sure. Why somebody don't told me these things? <laughs> Your wife won't be trying to sharpen pencils with it. No, I guess you've... Hey, wait a minute. Knowing my missus like I do, missus, I wouldn't be too sure. I'll go home and take a look. So long, both you fellas. So long. Goodbye.
Back to work, kiddo. By the way, uh, why the extra shovel on the porch? Oh, that. Well, I change off. When this one gets too hot, I use that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> McGee, the phone. The telephone, McGee. The phone. That's it. That's the guy that... I'll get it. No shovel. Heavenly day. Here, let me help you up. Are you hurt? Uh, I don't know yet. Answer the phone, will you? I'll get up later. Uh, quick, the phone. I can't get in the house. You're lying across the door. <laughs> well, kick me out of the way before the phone stops. It stopped. Oh, my... Oh. Billy Mills, the orchestra, and the marshmallow world. something? I sure do. The population of Hindustan as of the 1910 census was... (laughs) I mean about snow shoveling. Oh. I think medical students ought to spend several hours a year shoveling snow. It ought to be part of their regular cranium. Part of the what? Cranium. School cranium. (laughs) You know, the course of study. You mean curriculum, lover. I do? I thought curriculum was balance. You know, like a tightrope walker uses an umbrella to maintain his curriculum? That's equilibrium. Oh, yeah, don't kid me, kiddo. Equilibrium is the guy that rides a horse. Sure, everybody knows that. There's an equilibrium statue of General Sherman in the... No, no. That's equestrian. Equestrian? Yes. It's from Westrian, which means a cow pony, uh-huh. in eek. <laughs> 
Eat from women drivers pretending to be scared for the benefit of a good-looking cowboy. Eat Westrian. <laughs> then what did I say wrong in the first place? You said cranium instead of curriculum. Oh. Cranium is your head. Certainly. So I was saying. If medical students used their heads, they'd spend a lot of time <laughs> shoveling snow. <laughs> because when you shovel snow, you discover muscles you never knew you had. And was that the phone? No, I don't think so. I didn't hear anything. Thought I heard the phone. I sure wish I knew who was that calling me. Maybe a lot of dough at stake in or something. Big job in Washington. Who knows? <laughs> Hold it, dearie. Here comes a man. Huh? Who's that? Search me. I don't think I... I beg your pardon, sir. Madam. Sorry to interrupt your work. Oh, that's okay, Buster. Glad to have you. <laughs> Glad to have me what? Interrupt his work? <laughs> I'd be happy to. You start shoveling again, sir, and I'll walk in, up and interrupt you, and we'll just pretend that I... Oh, cut it out. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm just kidding. Just kidding? Well, I'm glad to know you, Jed. Hmm? <laughs> I'm Orville Pugsley. And this, I presume, is Mrs. Just Kidding? Uh, no, Mr. Pugsley. I'm Mrs. McGee. My husband Look, is... baby, what you tell your husband is your own business. <laughs> if you want to stand and bat the fat with Jess here, I'm not one to run and gab to your old man, eh, Jess? <laughs> Poking me in the ribs and stop calling me Jess. I'm... Oh, well, I'm sorry it was a bit familiar of me, wasn't it? I'll say it was. Believe me, Mr. Kidding, I'm not one to take advantage of a... By the way, baby, what's your first name? None of your business. It is? Well, it's certainly strange what parents will do to children in the way of names, isn't it? <laughs> Mrs. None of Your Business McGee. I had a cousin named Bay of Biscay Anderson. <laughs> Then I had an uncle named Bird Lay Square Egg. He was a full-blooded Navajo Indian. That is, he was full-blooded until one day he cut himself while knifing a friend. Excuse me, Mr. Pugsley, uh, Orville. Yes, none of your business? Oh, I think that's a delightful name. I would never have thought. That Pugsley. If you don't want this snow shovel wrapped around your curriculum... Cranium. Wrapped around your cranium... Now, 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 now. No reason for tempers to flare up, Mr. Kidding. Well... I merely stopped by to inquire some directions. Very well. Uh, where do you want to go? I want to go home and finish making my angel food cake. Hmm? I didn't understand the directions, so I thought I'd ask the first intelligent people I saw. But unfortunately, I met you two first. <laughs> Now tell me, tell me this. How does one fold an egg? Well, that's quite simple, Orville. You just beat the egg in a cup, fry it in a small pan, and then let it cool, and you'll find that it folds quite easily. Thank you, neighbor. <laughs> These cookbooks were just a little more... <laughs> well, anyway, that lemonhead gave me a little breather, so... Uh-oh, there's the phone again, McGee. I'll get it this time. No, 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 I'll get it. Must be for me. I'll get it. Dead ratted snow shovel. Sweetheart, dearie, are you hurt? No. No, I don't think so. Quick, help me up so I can answer the... 
Ain't that the doggone? Who do you suppose it is? I haven't the faintest idea. Me either. That's what got me worried. Hey, you suppose anything wonderful has happened to your rich Aunt Sarah? Like she's fell off the roof, maybe? <laughs> no, and get that happy look off of your face. <laughs> Just a thought. Well, hello there, pal. Hello, Molly. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Hey, you've been trying to get me on the telephone today. Somebody's been trying to get me on the telephone. And I thought if it was you trying to get me on the telephone... Was that the telephone? I don't hear anything, pal. But say, it might have been for me. It might have? Why might it have? Well, simply because I... Hey, let me take that snow shovel a minute, pal. You look tired. Well, look tired. I am tired. Here, Junior. Decent of you to help. Oh, forget it. Why were you expecting a call here, Mr. Wilcox? Well, I told my secretary I might drop by and to call me here if there was anything urgent, because I was expecting a call from the sponsor. About what? Pet milk business? Pal, I'm glad you asked me that, because... Oh, McGee, you shouldn't have done it. (laughs) After all these months, you should... That's okay, kiddo, that's okay. He took the shovel out of my hands, and I took the words out of his mouth. (laughs) Even Stephen. Go on, Junie. Well, the pet milk people wanted me to be sure to talk about infant feeding this week because that's one of pet milk's greatest selling points. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that pet milk is sterilized in its own sealed can and completely free from harmful germs, the fact that pet milk is always uniformly rich and nourishing and so easy for a tiny tummy to take. Oh, that's cute. Oh, easy for a tiny tummy to take. I like that. So do babies. <laughs> Well, it's one reason why so many doctors recommend pet milk. Always easy to digest, always safe, economical to buy. Pet milk has been a favorite form of milk for babies for years and years because it supplies the proper minerals and vitamin D for healthy growth, good bones, and sound teeth. Yes, you see, pet milk is... Hey, was that the telephone? No, I don't hear anything. Oh, thought I heard it. Well, anyway, pet milk uh, stresses hold, the fact that... Hold, 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 hold it, Milky. What, oh, what, oh, hold it. What's the matter, telephone? No, it wasn't a telephone, but you took the snow shovel from McGee, and uh, you've j- uh, just been standing there holding it. Yeah. I thought you were going to help shovel. Yeah, me too. Oh, no, no, I just took the shovel so you wouldn't interrupt me while I was talking, pal. I had to oh. keep you quiet. Here, take it back. Huh? See you at the bowling alley tonight. Hey, hey. Come to think of it, that call couldn't have been for me. I got that yesterday. So long now. Wow. Well, well, let's get through here, McGee, and get in the house, and then if the phone rings again, we'll be there. All right. <laughs> you know, I will say for you, dearie, that you're doing a fine job. What'd you say, kiddo? I say, here comes Dr. Gamble. Oh. Hello, Doctor. Oh, hi, Doc. Hello, Molly. And good day to you, muscle-bound. Hmm. What do you mean, muscle-bound? I at least can lean over and see where I've been shoveling without stepping back three paces. <laughs> That's more than you could do. With that steak and potatoes brand of yours, it's a wonder you ever know if your socks match. <laughs> anyway, at your age, I'd suggest you leave the hard physical work to somebody... Hey! Hey, telephone! It's ringing! I'll answer it, McGee. You stay here and talk to No, 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 no! It's for me! He doesn't need me after a fall like that. He needs six muscular friends and a brief eulogy by somebody who doesn't know him too well. Help me up, somebody. 
I got to answer that phone. Too late, dearie. It stopped ringing. Mm. Are you hurt badly? Look him over, will you, doctor? I've been looking him over for a number of years, and he gets no prettier. <laughs> think you busted anything, Storefoot? I think I busted everything. Look at that bone sticking out there. Look at that. What's that, my clavicle? That's the handle of your snow shovel. Oh. Is he all right? Yeah, sit up, Graceful. <laughs> now, take a deep breath. What's <laughs> your idea of a deep breath? I hope you never have to swim across a finger bowl underwater. Now, take a deep one. <laughs> You're all right, Chatterbrain, just skinned and bruised. Yeah, I better quit snuggling show for today, huh? Who said that? McGee did. Yeah, better take it easy, huh? Relax. Certainly not. Get back and shovel. Loosen up those stiff muscles. Huh? Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to get back to the hospital. Huh. Accident case. Oh, what kind, Lardo? Man slipped and fell down with his neck across his snow shovel and broke it in two pieces. <laughs> well, so long. Did he mean his... Gee, I didn't have the nerve to ask. The King's Men and Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. How I love the music of a band. Hullabaloo, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. Was the music that they play is grand. Hullabaloo, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. The only rhythm I can understand. I wanna dance, I wanna sing until a ting a ling a ling. so bad I don't notice my back anymore. You ought to see my knees. They look like I've been shooting craps on a pile of broken glass. 
<laughs> Look, sweetheart, why don't you go in and lie down? Then if the phone rings... No, sir. <laughs> I started this job, and by George, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> At this point, I don't care if that dead dreaded phone never rings again. I wouldn't answer that phone now if it was... <laughs> no, sweetheart. No, it didn't ring. <laughs> I thought I heard it. Anyhow, like I... Oh, hey. Take that extra shovel off the steps there and get it out of the way, will you? With pleasure. I'll drop it here in the snow. Good. There. At least that's one hazard you don't have to worry about. Oh, look, McGee, the lad on the sled. Huh? Coming down the hill. Watch it. Look out, Sonny. Hey. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Look at him. Roll right into a snowbank. Head over shoelaces. Yeah, well. Come on, help him up, kiddo. Uh, oh, it hurts me just to look at a fall like that. Help Here, Sonny, give me your hand now. Well, oh, thanks, daughter. Well, hello there, kid. <laughs> Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. Well, for the... Heavenly days, it's the old timer. Hi, old timer. Hey, you want to go belly busting, Johnny? <laughs> you know, that might be a nice switch at that, McGee. You said it. I've busted everything else so far. <laughs> no thanks, old timer. i got to clean off this sidewalk in case it freezes tonight. Liable will to get slick. Well, it can be dangerous, Johnny. I spread ashes around our front porch this morning myself. <laughs> Some folks use gravel. What do you spread on your front steps, kids? McGee. Huh? <laughs> he said what do you spread on the steps. And it... You know, the phone keeps ringing, Mr. Oldtimer, and every time McGee hits that porch, he spreads out like a pat of butter on a hot waffle. Well, the boy's kind of fumble-footed, daughter. He don't keep in condition. You ought to do like me, Johnny. First thing I do every morning is hop into a cold shower for ten minutes. Tones me up. No kidding. You stand under a cold shower in this weather? Yep. One of these days I'm going to get up the nerve to turn it on, too. I always claim that... Hey... What is it? Well, there's a snow shovel laying out here in the yard, kids. Why we lose it that way? Yeah, we know. We put it there, so just... I better put it over here on the floor. No, don't you bother now. We want it left no, out. No, 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 no. That's it. That's the phone. I'll, I'll get it. on the steps here where you kids can find it when you want it. That ratted snow shovel. Dear, oh, dear, McGee. Johnny! Yeah? The phone's ringing. <laughs> Never mind. They hung up. Oh. Oh. Oh, my aching everything. Now, now, you just stay there on the Davenport, sweetheart. You'll be all right. Can I get you anything? No. No, I'll just lay here and listen for the phone. Whoever that is is going to get a hunk of my mind that... There it is. That's it. I'll get it. No, no. Hello. Hello. This is McGee. Hello. Oh, no, dearie. That's the doorbell. Oh. Here. Let Mother help you back on the divan. You mustn't exert yourself like that. Oh, come on in. Uh, good afternoon to you both. You, Mr. and Mrs. McGee. Yes, we are, bud. Whatever you want, I'm pretty busy right now. I'm waiting for a phone call. Well, uh, this will only take a few minutes, Mr. McGee. I've been phoning you all day, but I couldn't... You? You mean you're the guy that's been phoning me all day? Well, come on, come on, come on. What is it? What do you want? What do you want? Uh, Mr. McGee, I just wanted to ask you one important question. Yeah, but shoot, bud. What is it? What is it? Well, I'm with the Life and Limb Insurance Company. How are you fixed for accident insurance? <laughs> accident insurance. Ash! Molly! 
Hand me my shotgun out of the closet, will you? Hurry, because this guy may get away before I get away. Gladly, a... dearie. Don't go away uh, now, sir. Well, I can see you're in no mood to talk insurance today, oh, Mr. McGee. I'll see you later. Call me if I can... Oh. Here, watch out for the snow shovel, sir. return in just a moment. Say, does a woman dress to please her husband? Well, I wouldn't even try to guess. But it's a sure thing that a woman cooks to please hubby and the youngsters. And say, with pet evaporated milk and pet milk's husband tested recipes, you just can't miss. You've probably noticed the handy recipe folders featured right along with pet milk in your favorite grocery store. But did you know the recipes in these take-home folders are husband tested? They are. Tried out in hundreds of homes and voted okay by husbands. So next time you shop for groceries, take one of the recipe folders and take home several cans of pet milk. It's a combination that makes husband pleasing easier. Cuts down on your food bills, too, because pet milk actually costs less than any other form of milk. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of all of us on this show and our sponsor, we hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and that you will have a pet milk New Year. With your troubles evaporated, leaving you healthy, happy, and double rich. Good night. Good night, all. Brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? of old gold cigarettes present the Comedy Theater. The only radio program which brings you every week the greatest stars in the greatest comedy. Tonight plays The Show Off, starring Red Allen. And here is the director of the Old Gold Comedy Theater, Mr. Harold Lloyd. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's play, The Show-Off, really presented quite a casting problem. You see, the ideal person to portray the role of Aubrey Piper had to have these characteristics. He had to be a radio comedian at one time. He had to talk through his nose... He had to have large, baggy eyes, and uh, he had to have a wife named Portland. So, after months of searching, we came to the conclusion there was only one man that had all these attributes. And here he is, Fred Allen. Well, Harold Lloyd, I remember you. You used to be in the movies. Fred Allen, I remember you. 
You used to be on the radio. Gosh, my grandmother used to take me to see you in pictures, Harold. When radio first started, my mother used to put a crystal set in my cradle. Really? I'd tune you in with my safety pin. Uh... Now, wait a minute, Harold. We can't be that old. It must have been two other guys, Montgomery and Ward or somebody. <laughs> Could be. Fred, I understand that you have just completed a picture called It's in the Bag. Well, how did you know, Harold? You're advertising it under each eye. <laughs> and under each knee, if you'll take a look at my trousers. But let's forget my assortment of bulges for the moment, Harold. How about telling the audience about tonight's play? All right, Fred. Here we go. Our story tonight takes us to Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn is a quiet little place at the end of a bridge. It's noted for its cemeteries, a tree that grows there, and its baseball club, the Dodgers. At the other end of the bridge, there's another city. It's called, uh... Oh, yes. Thank you. New York. Uh, now, Brooklyn is also noted as the home of an assortment of rather odd characters, not the least of whom is Aubrey Piper. Aubrey has recently blown into the Fisher home as the suitor of daughter Amy. And you can tell exactly how the rest of the family feels about him if you listen to what Mother Fisher has to say. I tell you, Clara, I've never heard anybody talk so much in all my life. It's a miracle to me how Amy stands for him. They say love is blind, Ma. Well, it ain't deaf. Clara, he darn near talked the ear off Pop the other night, telling him he was a big executive of the New York Central Railroad. Bosh. Listen, Ma, for your information, he's an attendant in the baggage room. A big executive, my eye. Amy thinks he's a bigger man than the president. Uh, oh, there goes your brother working on that fool invention of his again. Joe? Yes, Ma? Stop that hammering. What will the neighbors think at this hour? They'll think I'm hammering. <laughs> Well, it's only 8 o'clock. I got a lot to do. There'll be enough noise when Amy's boyfriend gets here. Oh, him. Is that windbag coming again tonight? Shh. There's Amy now. Oh, hello, Clara. Well, what's the matter with all of you? What are you looking so glum about? Mm, can't expect us to be as happy as you, Amy. Everybody don't go around with a millionaire. Well, Aubrey may not be a millionaire yet, Ma, but just give him time. Yeah, he'll need plenty of it. <laughs> you sure got on your glad rag, sis. Mr. Big must be arriving early tonight. Yeah, must have been a slow day down at the baggage room. What baggage room? What are you talking about? I'm talking about Aubrey Piper. He works in the Grand Central baggage room. Who told you that? My husband told me. He has lunch in the same drugstore with Aubrey every day. Oh, that's how much he knows. And what about that story he gave us about the draft board? Says he was turned down because of a floating kidney. Well, Aubrey has a floating kidney. He told me so himself. Well, why doesn't he buy an anchor for it? <laughs> floating kidney. That's something else Frank found out about. Frank knows a man on the draft board. Aubrey was turned down because he's colorblind. Oh, isn't that silly? Why would he lie about a thing like that? Child, that man would rather lie than tell the truth any day in the week. Oh, oh. so long, Mom. I'm going home. Not a bad idea, Clara. When he gets here and starts talking, you'll never get out. <laughs> you said it. Mark my words, Amy. That fellow's a four-flusher. Uh-oh, here he is now. I'll get it. Oh. <laughs> Hello, folks. And Amy, how is my little lamby pie? You look sweeter than the cellophane on a lollipop. <laughs> oh. Hello, Aubrey. Here, I'll take your hat. It's a Hamburg. You can smell the onions on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And how is our sweet little gray-haired mother this evening? I was all right till you came in. <laughs> You're a little corny, Ma. I'll send that joke in to Can You Top This? <laughs> Clara, leaving so soon? Yes, I've got to be getting home. Good night. Sit down, Aubrey. Oh, you must have had a hard day. Oh, yes, it has been trying, Amy. Decisions to make every minute, important cases to handle. You mean suitcases, don't you? I had a long conference today with the board of directors. They wouldn't think of ordering even a Dixie cup without getting an okay from me. Well, Joe, my boy, how's the young Thomas Edison? Okay, Mr. Piper. And uh, how's the invention coming along? I'm still working on it. The War Department can use this silk process in the making of parachutes. You know, I perfected a substitute for silk that would have put every silkworm in the country on relief. Oh, you did? Yes, sir. My silk had twice the luster, twice the wear, at one half the cost. I tell you, Joe, my boy, if the brass hats had listened to me, this war would have been handled differently. And how did your silk invention work? Very simple. The liquid was squirted through the filaments before the threads were tied together. Before the threads were tied together? Yes, sir. You know, I toiled day and night perfecting that silk process for parachutes, and then the big boys turned it down. Why? Because they thought I was a nobody. Oh, that's your father. Open the door, Joe. Okay, Ma. Before you tie the threads together, you squirt the liquid... Oh, hello, Pop. Hello, son. Here's the evening paper, Ma. Oh, thanks. Well, well, if it isn't Father Fisher, the head of the family. A family's like a glass of beer. It's not the same without a head. <laughs> hello, Piper. And how's the big chief tonight? Don't slap me on the back. <laughs> Can't take it, eh, Popsy? <laughs> I told you not to slap me on the back. I never saw such a pest in all my life. Pa, please. Well, tell him to keep his hands off. Uh, I've got the old boys go. You're not mad, are you, Popsy? Popsy. Well, hi-ho, day, folks. I've got to get along. Oh, Aubrey, must you leave so soon? Now, where do you think you're going? To the opera, Popsy. They're uh, playing Verdi's Rigoletto tonight. Looks as though Verdi's got another hit. The opera? Oh, I'd love to go, Aubrey. Well, some other time, baby. Business before pleasure, you know. I, I can't disappoint Mr. Hollister. Mr. Hollister? Paul Hollister, president of the road, you know. Oh. oh, he's an opera bug. Has two seats all season in the Diamond Horseshoe. You're going to the opera with Paul Hollister? No one else but, Popsy. Oh, yeah? Well, then, tomorrow, Piper, I'm having lunch with Harold Ickes. Why, that's impossible. Ickes and I are having lunch at the Waldorf. <laughs> well, I must be off, Lammy Pie. Good night, Aubrey. Good night, Lammy. Good night, Marconi. Good night, Mother and Dad. I'll bring you back a Figaro from the opera. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the opera with the president of a railroad. Who does he think he's fooling? Now, you listen, Pa. Clara told me tonight that Aubrey works in the baggage room, what? gets $150 a month and not a penny more. Mm, I'm surprised they give him that much. You tell Clara to mind her own business, Ma. She took the man she wanted, and I guess you took the one you wanted. And if I want Aubrey Piper, I'll take him. Well, remember this, Amy. If you do take him, be sure that you keep him. And that he keeps you. And don't be coming around crying for your pop to help you out. Aubrey Piper can support me. He's told me so himself. Oh, Amy, has it gone as far as that? It's gone further. 
If you want to know, we're engaged. What? Yes, and we're going to be married. Married? When? Next Wednesday, that's when. Holy smoke. Oh, Amy. mercy me. Married to that pie-eyed piper. <laughs> Back to the old gold comedy theater presentation of The Show-Off, starring Fred Allen. All right, Mr. Lloyd. Aubrey and Amy have now embarked on the sea of matrimony. It is several weeks after their marriage, and Aubrey has brought home a little surprise for his bride. Well, Lammy Pie, here it is. Just a small token of my affection for you. Aubrey, an automobile. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, but I thought it was impossible to buy a car these days. Not for little old yours truly. I put a little pressure on and got a priority. One of my best friends is the smiling Irishman. How about, um, how about a brisk spin around the block? Oh, I love it. Well, step in, Lamykins. Let's go places. Oh, isn't this simply grand? Rolling along the open road in a high-powered car, a pleasure fit for a king. Well, first now, we'll warm up the motor. Oh, Aubrey, this is the happiest day of my life. Won't it be wonderful when we go on our honeymoon? Uh, when are we going? Well, it depends, Lamikins. It's a little difficult right now, gas rationing and all. But when I get to Washington, I'll drop in and see Chester Bowles. Chet's head of the OPA. He'll get us a B-card. Oh, uh, will you teach me to drive sometime? Oh, no time like the present, Lammy Pie. Driving is really simple. This is the gas here, you see. Here's the brake. Now, to shift the gears, you... Is it supposed to do that? Well, uh, it's uh, fluid drive. I guess I forgot to put in enough fluid. I'll try it again. Ah, now we're all set. Amy, get ready for your first driving lesson. Now, to start, you put your foot on the gas pedal and press down. Aubrey, dear, slow down. There's a red light ahead. Red light? Why, that's a green light. Why, Aubrey, you must be colorblind. Aubrey, be careful. Careful? I'm oh. driving in the safety zone. Now watch this, Amy. I'll accelerate. Aubrey, you just missed that old lady. Now look, to make a right turn, you... Aubrey! You're heading to that drugstore. Aubrey! Look what you've done. Right through this plate glass window. Oh, now what's going to happen? Hey, who does that guy think he is? Superman? Oh, 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 who was driving this car? I was, officer. What were you doing in this Jeep driving up on the sidewalk? Ain't the street good enough for you? That other car crowded me off the road. What other car? You like all Sunday drivers with your alibis? Let me see your owner's license. My license? Why, certainly. When you see the name on my... Why, that's strange. I don't seem to... Well, I took my license out at lunch at the Union League Club. I... Uh, is that I... so? What's your name? Aubrey Piper. You two stay here. I'll get the license number on the car. <laughs> Aubrey, dear, aren't you always supposed to carry your license with you? Well, to tell the truth, honey, technically this car doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to you. Whose car is it? Well, legally, it's still the property of a friend of mine, oh. Harvey Albright, one of the boys down at the baggage, uh, down at the office. 
Merely a question of transferring the ownership, a bill of sale, a few... Hey, Mr. Piper, I think you'd better come along with me. This is preposterous, officer. I demand to know the charges. You've got no registration card. You could be driving a stolen car. You drove through a red light. You smashed this plate glass window. And you've been drinking. Drinking? I've never touched a drop of liquor in my life. You've been drinking martinis. I can smell the olives on your breath. (laughs) Come along. I warn you, officer, this incident will be called to the mayor's attention immediately. The little flower isn't going to like this. Little flower, huh? You're talking through your buttonhole. Come along, big mouth. You can tell it to the judge. Yes, sir. I tell you, the citizens of this borough are left entirely unprotected. Where was LaGuardia when I needed him most? Probably down at the opening of a new butcher shop, throwing out the first meat hook. Oh, LaGuardia, my eye. You were in a spot and it cost Father a thousand dollars to get you out of jail. Clara, please. Amy, you make me tired, too. That was practically Pop's life savings. Seems to me your husband might stop blowing off for a minute and think that over. Oh, for heaven's sake, be quiet, both of you. Joe! Stop that hammering! What's that, Ma? I said stop hammering! There are headaches enough around here. Speaking of headaches, Aubrey, how come you're not working today? I took the day off. I'm house hunting. Can't stand that hovel we're living in anymore. We're thinking of moving into a home of our own. Place on Shore Road I rather like. Duplex. Oh, well, Amy, I just don't understand you. How you can talk about moving to the swellest part of town when my husband had to pay your rent this month. That's a lie. Aubrey, how can you let us say that? Now, 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 honey. Don't get upset. Don't get excited. There is a certain amount of truth in your sister's remark. What? I was, uh, shall we say, temporarily pressed this month. Hollister away in Washington... Chase of the Chase National out of town. (laughs) Oh, come off that high horse, Aubrey. You and Amy will have to come here and live. My husband isn't paying your rent next month. Oh, uh, that's the phone. Answer it, Amy. Okay, Ma. Probably your pa. He's late tonight. Hello? Yes? Yes, this is Mr. Fisher's home. Uh, No, this is his daughter. What? What's happened to him? Oh, is something wrong? Something wrong with Pa? Well, how serious is it? Oh, he's been hurt. Clara, he's been killed. I know. No, 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 just a second, Ma, darling. Let Amy talk. Let's find out what it is. And Brooklyn Hospital? We'll be right over. Thank you. Oh, oh, tell me, Amy, what happened? Now, listen, Ma, there's nothing to worry about. It's not serious. Pa had a little accident over at the defense plant. Oh, they took him to the hospital. We've got to go over right away. Oh. Now, don't worry, folks. I'll get the finest surgeon in the country. If I have to fly him in from the Mayo Clinic. Oh, I don't know how I'll stand for it, Clara. If I let that windbag husband of Amy's live here, it won't be a week before he's telling folks that he's letting me live here. Well, it's too late now, Ma. I'm afraid you'll just have to bear it. It'll be some time before Aubrey lands another job. Well, there's one consolation. Your poor pa being in the hospital, he won't have to listen to that everlasting gab. But it's going to be pretty hard, all of us living here on what Joe makes. Well, guess we'll have to manage. Oh, I guess that's them now. Open the door, Clara. All right, Ma. 
<laughs> Hello, everybody. Here we are in Toto in the flesh. One big happy family. <laughs> Hello, Ma. Hello, Clara. Hello, Amy. Set your suitcases down. I declare I don't know where I'm going to put everybody. Any place at all, Mom. Tell the canary to move over in his cage. Just bunking here for a day or so, you know. Expect to call any day now to join Hollister down there in Washington. I bet Hollister can hardly wait. I'll fix up Pa's room for you, Amy. Uh, leave the suitcases here, dear. Aubrey will bring them in later. Yeah, suitcases are his specialty. Or is that part of his distant past? Amy, you come too. All right, Mom. Oh, answer the door, will you, Aubrey? Sure thing, Lammy Pie. Coming, coming. Well, my good man, what can I do for you? Does Mrs. Fisher live here? She certainly does. Whom do I have the pleasure of addressing? I'm from the Consolidated Insurance. My name is Gill. Well, well, step right in, Mr. Gill. Glad to see you. Have a chair. Why, thank you, Mr. Uh, Piper's the name. Aubrey Piper. Mrs. Fisher is inside with my wife. She'll uh, be right in. Oh, that's all right. Uh, tell me, Mr. Gill... Anything coming to Mrs. Fisher because of the accident? Well, uh, yes, not much, but we hope it'll tide her over until Mr. Fisher recovers his health. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Of course, Mrs. Fisher is always welcome in my home here. But uh, she's an independent old soul, always talking about being a millstone around my neck. Wants to move into a place of her own. I tell her she's foolish. Oh, very nice of you, Mr. Piper, to feel that way. Well, people tell me I'm crazy, but that's the way I am. So you're in the uh, insurance game, Mr. Gill. Mm -hmm. Interesting field, insurance. Was in it myself for ten years. That's all. Yes, yes, yes. I, I liked it pretty well, but uh, I got out after a while. No future. Transportation's my line now. Say... You look like a go-getter. Why don't you come over and work for our outfit? We're on the lookout for smart young men. Well, gosh, I'll have to talk that over with my wife, Mr. Piper. Sounds like an attractive idea, all right. Aubrey, will you bring in the big suitcase? In just a minute, Amy, dear. There's a gentleman here to see your mother. Oh, uh, Ma, there's somebody here to see you. Coming, coming. Nobody can't get a minute's peace in this house. This is Mrs. Fisher, Mr. Gill, and this is my wife, Amy. This is Mr. Gill from the Consolidated Insurance Company. It's a pleasure, lady. How do you do, Mr. Gill? Oh, dear me, I don't know anything about insurance. Uh, uh, come in here. What is it, Ma? What's the matter? I... Oh, how do you do? How do you do? I'm very pleased to meet you. And now about your husband's policy, Mrs. Fisher. Here's our check for $1,000. You're sure there's no trick in it? <laughs> no, there's no trick, Mrs. Fisher. That's money we like to pay, and we don't like to pay. Yeah, I guess that's the way I feel about taking it. I know what an independent little lady you are, Mrs. Fisher. Why, your son-in-law here has been telling me that you had some foolish idea you were a millstone around his neck. Oh. What else did Mr. Piper say? Why, that's about all. He didn't like your feeling that way. Well, you've got a nice little home here with Mr. Piper. No reason for you to move out. Now, Clara, what did I tell you? Didn't I say he'd be telling folks that he was letting me live here? Now, Ma, not in front of Mr. Gill. I don't care who it's in front of. Well, Mrs. Fisher, your son-in-law didn't mean any harm. I think I know what he meant better than you do, Mr. Oh, Gill. Oh, Ma, please. Well, I guess I'd better leave. I seem to put my foot in it somehow. Um, good day, all. Well... Of all the low-down, contemptible tricks. Now, now, Mother, wait a minute. What do you mean? 
mean telling people this is your house? He didn't mean it, Ma. Now, the whole thing was merely a misunderstanding, Mother dear. Now, look here, Aubrey Piper. We know all about you and your misunderstanding. Clara, are you trying to tell me... She's trying to tell you that you're a fool and a liar and a... a and now, here's Harold Lloyd and the show-off, starring Fred Allen. Okay, Mr. Lloyd. Well, there's trouble in the Fisher family with Pop in the hospital and Aubrey in disfavor with his in-laws. Yes, sir, adversity is staring our hero in the face and has made him a different man. Listen for yourself now, and you will hear how this change has infected the family. Aubrey, Clary is trying to tell you that you're a fool and a liar and a show-off. Mom! You keep out of this, Amy. This is for your good as well as his. Well, what do you want him to do, Mom? I want him to behave like a man and stop pretending he's something he isn't. Oh, oh now who can that be? Well, he must be crazy, whoever's at that door. Just a minute, for heaven's sake! Ma! Ma! Why, Joey, what's the matter with you? Oh. Have you gone crazy pounding on the door like that? Mercy me, what's happened to your boy? My invention, my invention, they bought it. Whoopee! Oh, darling, how wonderful. Congratulations, Joseph, my lad. I knew we'd put it over. Why, I just can't believe it. Ah, here. Here it is in the paper. Brooklyn Youth makes important chemical discovery. $100,000, Mom. They... Oh, well, Ma, don't you understand? Joe sold his invention for $100,000. And we'll make a million before we're through, my boy. We... Now, you keep out of this. What have you got to do with it? Well, it's a funny thing, Mom, but you know, uh, I, they, I signed all the papers this afternoon in the lawyer's office, and Aubrey has something to do with it. He gave me an idea. What idea could he give you? Well, remember what he said about squirting that liquid through the filaments before you tie the threads together? Now, Joe, he was just repeating something you told him the day before. Yes, but you see, he got it backwards. Yeah, he would get it backwards. <laughs> yes, but Ma, that's what made the whole thing work. Aubrey got it backwards and it worked that way. Well, what's the difference? A hundred thousand dollars? Why, it's a fortune. Joe, my lad, if you're wise, you let me handle that money for you. I'll double it inside of a week. I'll bet. Funny thing about lawyers, Ma. When I first talked to them, I closed the deal at $50,000. And when I went up there today, they had the contract all made out for 100000 And they're getting away with murder at that. Oh, keep still, you. You don't know anything about this at all. Well, maybe I don't. But they thought I did. Uh, who thought you did? The lawyers. I went to see them Saturday afternoon after you told me, Joe, that they were interested. Well, I'll be darned. And what did you tell them, Aubrey? Simply that I was head of the family, that they were taking advantage of your youth. I told them the deal was off unless they doubled the advance, gave you one half the net, and marketed the product at their own expense. Did they know who you were? Well, I merely told them I was uh, connected with the New York Central Railroad. Well, I certainly have to give you credit, Aubrey. That's the way the contract reads, all right. Oh, Lord, I'll never hear the end of this. Gee, that's wonderful, Aubrey. I'll have to give you a little commission on this deal, Aubrey. You certainly deserve it. Skip it, my boy. I want you folks to have a good time on that hundred G's. Just depend on me and every dollar will go an extra mile. 
Yes, sir, I'll be joining Hollister down there in Washington. And Joe, my boy, I'll be looking after your interests every day. If necessary, I'll take it to the top. Right to Truman. Oh, Aubrey, you're wonderful. You're only saying that, Amy, because it's true. <laughs> This is Fred Allen. This is Harold Lloyd saying good night to you for Old Gold. And I hope that you'll be with us again next Sunday when the Old Gold Comedy Theater presents Appointment for Love, starring Virginia Bruce. See you then. Fred Allen has just completed for producer Jack Skirbo the hilarious comedy It's in the Bag, released by United Artists. Now until next Sunday night when the Old Gold Comedy Theater presents Appointment for Love, starring Virginia Bruce, this is Van Grau saying goodnight for Old Gold. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.